Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Beliefcast once again. Thank you for joining us. This is going to be an amazing podcast today. You guys are going to love my guest today. Her name's Jill Kessler. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So honored. Oh, wow. You would include me in such Uh, an incredible program and what you're doing is powerful. Oh, absolutely. Well, you're welcome. But it's it's our honor and our listeners are going to have such a treat today. I want to thank our sponsor, Veracity Networks. Thank you for believing in me. And then again to you listeners for taking the time to to hopefully edify your day with these amazing uh, belief casts that we hear and we present. And you're going to love Jill's story. Um, Jill is the owner of Create Bliss Art School, and we're going to get into that. And you're going to love what she does there. And she talks about how everything kind of magically came together in her life based on some things that you have gone through, some really difficult times. Uh, She's uh, a, a cancer survivor. She's the mother of three amazing kids. Uh, she just lives her life with passion. Uh, she's a light to this world, and we are so blessed to have her here. And uh, so welcome once again. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about where you grew up. I know we both uh, grew up in the Brighton High, Cottonwood Heights area. Yes, we so are Bengals. T- yeah, Bengals. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that and, and about your family and about you know you, you know your mom and dad. Um. Yep, grew up in this beautiful Cottonwood Heights area with mountains and um, just an amazing community. Went to Brighton High School uh, and then went on to University of Utah where I got my BFA in painting and drawing. And after that, on to Pepperdine where I got a master's in education. Pepperdine, uh, I, but yeah. that's I, you always hear that that's such an amazing place. Amazing, and, such yeah. a cool chapter. Oh, yeah, I really can imagine. lucky to have that as yeah. Yeah, part of my journey. Um, had an amazing family situation. My mom right. and dad and an older brother, Matt, younger sister, Emily. And I have, I, I can't think of a single complaint about about growing up. It was right. a very close family, full of so much love and warmth. And they believed in me and allowed me to be who I was. And yeah. um, just, just a really cool way to grow up and I have so much gratitude for each of my family members sure. and we're still close and my parents were always believing in me. My mom was, um, if you look carefully with the right glasses on, you'll see her wings. She's a fairy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she lived hiking and would take us yeah. all in the mountains and I think that's where she was most comfortable because she was around her fellow magical fairies that were right, <laughs> surrounding <yeah. laughs> the plants and animals. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I say that in jest, but truly she's the most magical, creative person that would just anything she touches sparkles and turns to a party or some right. sort of celebration or uh, the summer solstice. She had a fairy party where she invited her friends and their daughters <laughs> to come. Really? And, yeah. That's and awesome. we would hold hands and uh-huh. have ribbons and sing and she made miniature sandwiches. I mean, she just, everything she touched was magical. So how lucky for me to grow up in a house like that. There was a lot of play, a lot of laughter. How does someone do that? I mean, that's amazing. If you think about <laughs> it, like someone living their life like that. Yeah, she's I mean, amazing. did she get that from her parents? I mean, where, I mean, do you know? I mean, you know, I, I think mean, obviously we that's all, all you knew, but. I think we, we come who we are. Who we and, are, right. And I'm lucky enough to, she, she's it comes to my art studio <laughs> oh, and, <I> bet. <laughs> and works with the kids and yeah. and we kind of do it together and she's an assistant or 
I mean, I learned from her, so I call her that, but she's really in there with me. And yeah. the kids just love her. And if she's not there, they say, where is she? She's just, she's an amazing connector. And if you ask me, that's why we're on the, this planet is to connect with people and others. And so she lives her life with an open heart and she's always available to new people, new friendships, right. new ideas. Yeah, she's she's powerful, very powerful. And anybody who meets her will say that. Um, she's an amazing, amazing person. So lucky me. Yeah. I just think, how can I be half the mom that she was? Sure. She was so present and so invested. Well, I'm sure she would say <laughs> that you are an amazing mom. And, and <laughs> you know, I love what you just said there a minute ago. And we're going to get more into that about the connection piece. Mm. We're here to connect, like you said. And you know, in my business, you know, addiction is the opposite of connection, yes. you know, because when, when we're addicted to something, we're kind of, in a sense, blowing up our lives, which we really are, we have severed any connection or, in, mm. or if there is a connection, it's usually an unhealthy one. Yep. And so I couldn't agree with you more when you, when, mm. when you feel connected, man, it's like, you feel like you're on fire. Yeah. You know, and you've got to start connection starts with self. You need to connect with yourself. Yeah, and, love that. Um, we all have that creator inside of us. I saw a interview with Rain Will, uh, Willis. Did I say that right? Anyway, the Dwight on Office. Oh yeah. And and he said, when we are creating, we are most like our creator, and that Ooh. really rings true for me. And it it's kind of the mantra of my Create Bliss Art School. Those words are are not by accident um right and we each are born with that piece inside of us that ability to create the need to create and when we tap into that and we align with that we are finding our higher self and um on my website you'll see we are when we are creating we are in our highest form of being and and i truly believe that and as soon as we tap into that the answers come the flow comes and if we can and yeah. we all have that. And right. as adults, we forget to talk to that, to our our higher self or our inner yeah. creator. I get sure. I do an adult class where adults are so quick to say, I can't do this. I don't do art. I can't right. blah, blah, blah. And the truth is we all can. We just need to start yeah. and open that up. Whereas so. most as kids are like, yeah, let's do it. I can yeah. do it. They, yeah. don't even, they don't even doubt. Yeah. It's amazing how right. we lose or not lose. We forget that mm-hmm. as we get older. Yeah, you know. But two, while while we are in the process of connecting there, that's where the healing happens too. That's when our okay. stress levels slow down and our, our yeah. cortisol levels. I mean, they've measured it: your blood pressure, your heart rate, everything calms down. And here, mm. pharmaceuticals send billion spends billions of dollars trying to find a magic pill to lower stress levels, and we all possess it. It's in us. Ooh. So, wow! Did yeah. you hear that, listeners? Man, that that is powerful. I got. Goosebumps when you just said that, man. And I couldn't agree more. It's we have everything we need if we really will just tap into it and recognize that it's there. And I try to give my students that language and I talk about energy and how do you feel while we are creating. I don't care what goes on the wall. I don't care if you have something to put in a frame. What happens in that period when you're taking part of the process? The Mm -hmm. process is where the healing happens. And so I'll, and I remember teaching several years ago, 15 years ago in a second grade class 
and paint everywhere. I'm sweating. There's kids everywhere. And <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, yeah. uh, anyway, some kid says, this just feels so good. And I stopped him and I said, hey, this feels good. And remember that. That's a tool that is always in your belt. You can always come back to Dang. a Sharpie in your hand or yeah. a pencil or a paintbrush. And life will hand you stresses. Life will mm -hmm. give it to you. Yeah. What are you going to do to cope with that? And so that's big. Every student in my school will hear that many times is, is this is a tool. Yeah. And, and you, can, you can always come back to that. That's amazing. Well, I know um, I want to talk a little bit about your parents because I know, you know, we've talked obviously off the mic here a little bit about how you look at them as your heroes. Mm. Obviously you've been mentioning your mom and just how she lives her life. Just, you know, just a magical, right? Talk a little bit about your parents and why, why are they your hero? My dad always told me, Hey Jill, be really careful about what you believe because it will dictate your every move. Mm. And to learn that from a young age, um, was powerful. Mm -hmm. Because it, it really does. What yeah. what you believe will dictate your life. Yeah. So. Um, Dang, I love that. Yeah. In fact, I, I had a time, 2014. We lived in, in San Clemente, California. It's kind of my last ditch effort to try to save my marriage, and it was hard. It was a pretty dark, hard year, and mm -hmm. and I discovered Byron Katie, and she really helped me analyze my thoughts and that I could change my thoughts and through changing my thoughts could change an emotion and could mm -hmm. um, allow me she had a book loving what is I probably listened to it 20 times over and over on audibles story after story just listening to people challenge their thoughts and watch the stresses really melt away yeah. as they mm -hmm. as you change your thoughts about it so um, that goes in line with my dad and that is be careful what you believe, be careful what you think, be careful how you think. Right. And he always gave me permission to be me. And so often as a parent, we think we know what's best for our kid. Hey, here's your direction or here's what you should do. Or, um, and, and my parents both believed in education. It was a very important thing. We took our, our schools seriously. Serious, they were yeah. involved in our schooling. When it came time to go to college, I sat down. I'll never forget. This was a pivotal point in my life. Um, he said, well, what, what do you think you'll study? What direction are you going to take at the University of Utah? And I, um, I was a good student. I loved math. I was good in the sciences. I'd taken the AP classes. I was going to school on a full-ride scholarship. And, and so I'm like, I started out as a math major, and I was kind of charged, like, okay, you yeah. know, what's going to make me a lot of money, Dad? <laughs> yeah. And right. And he said, Jill, you're, you're asking the wrong questions. He said, what makes you happy? Mm. And I go, oh. I said, well, that's easy. Art makes me happy. Right. But I always saw, saw that as a um, hobby or something I did after my schoolwork or after right. my studies. And that was a way that I could relax and... and and I said, well, yeah, it's art. And he said, then you need to do that because you pick your passion and then everything else will come into line. So he, he gave me permission to go lock myself up in a dark room for four years and study with the most brilliant professors and to study light and yeah. to um, 
yeah, to learn how to paint. And, yeah, that's awesome. and it's through that, those four years that I really connected with my higher self. I really connected with that inner creator and it's how I live my life. It taught me how to live my life. And that is with an open heart and open eyes and all oh, the world is sparkly and yeah. amazing when you, when you learn to see. So how cool to take four years and for sure learn to yeah. look at something, even a, a stick. I remember being at a summer solstice um, art class. That's what they called it. We did it over the solstice. We went for oh, yeah. eight days or something and down the LaSalle's and Moab and the professors came with us and we just paint all day, every day. And at night we would um, w look at slides and talk about art. And I mean, you were so into it that you, you dreamt about it. It, it just like you became totally at one with painting yeah, <laughs> and right. so cool yeah and i remember being in kind of a desert area and we were working with charcoal and and i found some stick like this old dead stick <laughs> and i started painting it or, or drawing it and sketching it and two hours went by and i'm still into this dead stick <laughs> right. that you would never think had any power right and and something came so alive in me in connecting to this dead stick and it's so wow. weird but it it sparked something in me and when we were having a discussion you know we put our stuff up and and tony smith he was just amazing my professor and he said whoa jill looks to me like you were dancing on this one and Man. i started crying yeah. and i said yeah that's what happened but that was dancing from the inside and and how cool that God's gift, as simple as a dead stick, could connect to me and speak to me. Is that when you started really re recognizing the power of connection? It, or I, I mean, think I've always known that, okay. but um, with people for sure. Yeah. But also in nature and also mm -hmm. in the quiet and in the spaces between. I remember talking to my dad. Again, I look at my dad as he is a hero. <laughs> I'll start crying when I talk about my parents, but he... He's the smartest guy I know, both soulfully and right. <clears throat> intellectually. He mm -hmm. always knows, always. And yeah. so I always had him to turn to. And I remember saying, Dad, I had this paint. I was painting and we were in a box trying to match color with a palette knife. And five hours went by. I didn't have anything to drink or to eat. And right. I was so immersed in this. And she, he said, that's the space between, Jill. That's the space. And this life is full of so many challenges and things and stresses. And if you can carve out space and create that time to connect with that higher self, I mean, really, the stress goes away. Yeah. So how often do you take time in your day to look at color or, right, yeah. you know, look at a stick? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it yeah, it's taught like me be a lot. Becoming one with wherever you're at where you know in that moment right yeah you know i i had a client who was suffering for years and years and years of uh alcoholism lost everything his mm. wife is the respect of his kids his life savings license gone sure. everything and he had this experience he was late for an appointment he said sorry i was late i was out watching an ant pile Mm. And he goes, Todd is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. There you go. This guy's 57 years old when he has this experience and he was nine days sober. And he says, for 40 minutes, my suffering completely stopped. Yeah. Oh, gosh. 
us. Because he became one with the ant pile. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I share that just because what it. you're saying yeah. is so beautiful. And, and But how important it is that we do carve out that time. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that quiet, meditative time. And that also, you know, has continued through my life, especially through cancer the last couple of years. Meditation has saved my life. And, yeah. And that is connecting to my body and connecting yeah. to my higher self and that inner space and that quiet and by having that conversation again the healing happens it's pretty cool yeah so, no that's awesome yeah so yeah my parents my family um just incredible people and and my dad he he was the guy that that year in in San Clemente when we had moved down there and I didn't have connection I didn't know anybody I didn't have family mm -hmm. or friends looking back I realized that's exactly what I needed is to not be distracted by anything except right. for me I really just needed me yeah. and I needed to have that time to yeah. do the work and to talk to my inner <laughs> self and right. there was there was a lot of resolve that needed to happen there but I had um as things were falling apart in my marriage I um would call my dad and I had moments where I, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't take another step. Things were really dark. Mm -hmm. And, but if I could get him on the phone, just the sound of his voice oh, would, yeah. would help. And he was, he, he is the most positive person you've ever met. The most giving person. If he has a dime to yeah. his name, he will give you a quarter. Yeah. And, and, wow. and so he, he would just talk to me. I said, dad, can you just, can you talk me through, this next breath, Dad, I can't breathe. <laughs> yeah. And wow. he he he'd just stay on the phone and say, Why don't you start by making a cup of coffee and let's just talk and things yeah. will be okay. Yeah. And you need to, you know, when you think it, it, it's that future that causes anxiety in the past that causes depression. So exactly. you better be right there, dead yeah. center at your present moment. And when you feel like you can't do another day then break that into an hour or break that into a minute and maybe you break it into another breath everybody can take another breath and yeah. he would help me through that Walk and through that. Wow. yeah and that's awesome yeah it was a powerful year and and my marriage was not meant to be it needed it need to unravel and and i'm at total peace with that that's mm -hmm. okay and yeah and even through the process of dismantling a marriage and what felt like a family um i could learn through that byron katie it, to assess my thoughts and and mm -hmm. to to let go of expectations because yeah. that's what causes suffering For and sure. and to look at everybody and everything as you know what we are all exactly where we need to be at this perfect moment and i needed jeremy to be exactly who he was for me to mm -hmm. be able to be who i was so right. i chose gratitude for that like thank you for being who you are yeah. because it's allowing me to now become who I need to be yeah. and thank you for these beautiful children there was a reason that we we were together and and so I'm I'm at, at peace with all of that by mm -hmm. kind of letting go of expectations and no it's good was that let's go did, did the divorce come before when you were before you were diagnosed with cancer mm-hmm so that happened before. Yeah. So let's, if you're okay, let's talk more about that, that time in your life, because it's pretty remarkable. And we were talking even off mic again, some of the amazing <laughs> experiences that you've had because of this pain 
and struggle that you've gone through. So if you could share with us some of those thoughts around those two events. Sure. If that's what you want to call them. But if you could share your thoughts on that, it'd be great. Um, I do believe that pain is our greatest teacher. So when pain shows up in our life, it's our job to not let it be in vain, but rather Mm. look at it and say, hello, why are you here? And what can I learn from you? And when you ask those questions, um, yeah, the, it is the greatest teacher. And I would say divorce was, um, harder than cancer. Wow. Divorce is a dismantling and it's a tearing apart and it's Mm. a dividing. And, um, I felt extremely alone in that and really wondering, you know, it's kind of all of those things, what I thought should be or could be or and you know your little girl dreams of of get married and live happily ever after were not happening and so that that was hard and people don't know what to say or people have opinions yeah and boy i've really learned to not have any judgment on anybody with whatever they're going through because um nobody can ever know somebody's relationship and right or what their family dynamics are. And so, yeah, um, that was that was pretty difficult. That was a pretty dark time, but I also look back at it too. And my kids too. It, I remember Noah looking at me when we were in San Clemente and he, he could just see right through me. He would look in my eyes and it's like he looked yeah. at my soul and I right. said, and I know he saw the pain. Yeah. And I felt terrible that I was causing pain on those around me. I would never wish that on anybody. And, um, you know, I've been known when I'm on the trail and I see a worm crossing and I'll, I'll stop and pick it up and put it back in the dirt because I don't want to see a worm suffer. (laughs) I I really would wish no pain on anybody ever. And so to see that it was affecting my kids and it was really a difficult time, Right. And I looked at Noah. I said, hey, I promise I will not always be here. I will be whole again. I promise. Mm -hmm. Be patient with me. Hold me. Let's love each other through this. We'll get through it. And we did. And looking back, even my kids have thanked me and said, you know what? Dad is so much better where he is. And and you are so much better where you are. And, you know, Jeremy and I are our friends. I that's great. I love his girlfriend. <laughs> She's yeah. great. We're good friends. And and I tell my kids, you're not broken. This is not a broken family. And don't let anybody ever say that name. Our family is perfect exactly how it is. It's um, We get more people. We have more people to love exactly. us. Exactly. Right. And so isn't that, isn't that a great opportunity? And so I try to look at it that way. And and person is never broken. We may have lost our way here or there sure. but we are always whole yeah. if we want to choose whole yeah so yeah tapping back into that yeah. and recognizing it yeah so i moved back after being down there a year our house had been up for sale and under contract three different times when i could see <laughs> in yeah. the fall we moved in august i came back the following august by fall i knew things were not going to end well and took it off the market but it was really pretty cool how the universe is taking care of me over and over again. Mm -hmm. And when that fell through, that was 
meant for me that house was waiting for me and so to come back with my kids Jeremy stayed in California for another year he's he's now back in the valley but um to come back by myself and with my kids was really powerful it's like my house was this great big hug yeah right and it just received me and it said I I got you there it is yeah 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 and the (laughs) energy between those walls is beautiful yeah it's always been there for me and my family so I feel very blessed very lucky so I came back and then needed a career and I started into create bliss and I'm like you know what if I'm I've always wanted to do this always I wanted an art studio um and it kind of took getting divorced and needing a career that could now pay Mm -hmm. some bills sure to really put me into that spot I I finished this beautiful space in my basement and it's magical I mean you walk in and the energy in there is it's elevated and it is healing and oh, the families that show up and I can imagine. yeah. It, so I started, I went back to the public school. I've taught in a million ways <clears throat> and volunteered in a million ways. I've taught last year. I was in the middle school for just part time trying to get through the last year of that cancer, but needing to pay my bills in some way. I mean, it's, it's hard. You, right. <laughs> you're, Oh, it's been an interesting, I can imagine. <laughs> it's yeah. not been easy. <laughs> right. But I've always been supportive, though, too. Sure. And my family's been amazing. And boy, my parents have not let go of me. They have gripped me so tightly. Um, So I'm kind of off track. Anyway, I I started the Create Bliss soon after coming back. I finished that room and started out with the plan. And then it started rolling and started happening. And I had quit the public school. And then I was diagnosed in... November, November 9th of 2017. I'll never forget that day. Yeah, and I can imagine. It was a pretty aggressive cancer and it had moved into my lymph nodes and um, it was a triple positive, HER2, estrogen and progesterone. Um, HER2 was really fascinating. Maybe 14 or 15 years ago, if you were diagnosed with HER2, you would most likely die. It, it's really? It's really fast growing and very aggressive. And this incredible doctor who they've even made a movie about, and I've, I've studied, created, instead of a chemo, it's an antibody, and it's delivered as an infusion-like chemo, but it attaches to the HER2 cells, and it stops them in their tracks. So, Okay. Um, and it's got its side effects, for sure, but I had, but to have that Herceptin, it's called, on board, um, I mean, it saved my life. It's wow. it's just incredible. So I would, it's amazing. though there were side effects to all of it, um, so grateful to live in this time yeah. with this medicine and right. the knowledge we have. And the most brilliant team of doctors showed up perfectly. And and doctors that they're like they're three months out and they'll, but they'll see you Monday. I mean, it was just crazy how it all showed up. So the team of doctors was just. You know, just inspired, just beautiful. Yeah. They've become dear friends. Oh, and, I'm sure, yeah. And so that was November 2017. I tried to teach a little bit through the chemo. As soon as I found out I had the HER2, my surgeon who was ready to do the double mastectomy, it's interesting, as soon as you're diagnosed, everybody wants you right now, right this second. And oh, the I oncologist bet. wants to start chemo and the surgeon wants to start 
yeah. you know, the double mastectomy and the radiation oncologist. I mean, everybody is ready for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you're like, how do I? Yeah. So we had to navigate, out. and everybody's yeah. got to just take their time of here. And they were so we were uh, scheduled for the double mastectomy soon, quick, and then and then a week after diagnosis, they said, oh. She called me. I'll never forget. I was driving to pick up Gavin or something, and Teresa Reading, beautiful, beautiful breast surgeon, just amazing. She called me and said, "Hey, Jill, I just got these results, and you're her two positive, and you're going to need to start chemo first. We need to hit this mm. systemically before right. we do the surgery, and we're going to see if we can shrink it with chemo first, and then I'll see you. So you need to get on with you need to get an oncologist. I'm like, I don't." Having on again, where do we start? You know, so well, I would imagine that, this feels like a whirlwind. You're oh, going yeah, through. What were, what were you emotionally like? I mean, were you like, did you even have time to even think of how the the gravity of this, or were you so busy trying to get again? This going, you just or? stay in that present moment, right? Yeah. You take every step and okay. every breath that you need. And I wasn't surprised I had breast cancer, I actually knew I did. I had a lump six months before, um, insurance wouldn't cover for another mammogram okay they said you need to go to a doctor to say and i went to that doctor and everybody wanted to wait but i in my heart knew that this was different it wasn't like the previous cyst that i'd had i've always had i've had a mammogram every year right for the last 15 years i've had kind of lumpy breasts and mm-hmm. um so i knew I th- and i think we always know i think yeah. we need to trust our bodies they speak to you yeah and they always know and so I wasn't surprised at all, to be honest. I went in for my mammogram. They said, oh, we need to do an ultrasound. Then the, radi- the radiologist there said, I need you back in an hour to do a biopsy. Um, this looks serious. <clears throat> and I said, mm. hey, uh, you know, <laughs> right. talk to me straight. Yeah, just shoot it to I me said straight. to her, do I have cancer? And she said, I can't tell you that until I do a biopsy. And I said, oh, you see this before. And I knew. Yeah. And she knew. And, and so that hour in between, I like had to meet with a group of, I, it's so complicated, but yeah, they gave me a pamphlet of here's some great breast surgeons and went back to that radiation or the radiologist and said, um, who, who should I pick as a surgeon, as a surgeon? She's like, well, they're all great. I'm not at liberty to tell you who to go to. I said, with tears in my eyes and I looked her in the eye and I said, you're a human and I'm a human. And talk to me like that. And wow. what if your daughter was on this table? Who would you... Don't don't tell me what surgeon to go to. But if your daughter was on this table, who would you send her to? She said, Teresa Reading. She said, bingo. And I called. They said, oh, she's three months out. And I said, well, actually... <laughs> and I saw her Monday. I mean, it was, it's cool how Dang. it rolled it's in. Amazing. And so she called me that next week and said, it's her two positive. We need to find a, a radiation... On, or your oncologist. Again, I had some different arrows pointing mm-hmm. to this Dr. Litton, brilliant, beautiful, amazing soul, dear friend. Yeah. And um, again, I they can't, can't see me, but he saw me Monday. And literally we had a meeting about what this cancer looks like. He was kind of the driver of the right. whole thing. Yeah. And I had a port surgically put in on Tuesday and I had chemo on Wednesday. I mean, that's how quickly how fast, right. we moved. Yeah. And I was grateful for that. I'm like, hey, let's do it. I mean, I got to go through it. Yeah. Let's let's do this. And what yeah. a gr- what a great attitude and <laughs> and really to 
you, you, you come across, you know, even me just sitting here with you, very determined. You're very de- determined in everything that you do. Mm. It's like it's very purposeful. Sure. It's like when you talk to that person at the hospital. No, shoot it to me straight. Yeah. Just, I can handle it. Yep. You know. I, truth I, always reveals itself, so yeah. just speak truth, right? Just, yeah, Let's just do say this. it. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I'm a big Thanks believer for sharing. in that, That's too. powerful. Yeah. Wow. So, no, and then, and we were off. I, I have to share now, this is going to sound a little crazy, and people who know me know I'm a little woo-woo or whatever. <laughs> So again, I'll speak truth. It's who yeah, I am. That's just that's absolutely. <laughs> but I had um friends and people show up in perfect timing and <clears throat> as I was so my friend Jenny and Ramey that weekend before my I mean truly all like within two weeks I was in my chemo treatment. It was right. all just rolling really yeah. quickly. And that's with all the tests and scans and genetic testing and blood draws and blah blah I mean yeah it's a whirlwind for sure Sure, yeah and they whisked me away to mount shasta Mm. and this little town this little hippie town full of crystals that speak to me (laughs) and this mountain that's powerful and Uh and i was able to get in to a sweat lodge and we went into the sweat lodge and very cool this shaman who gave me the shaman healing and Mm. Um, wow, powerful. And it was just really cool to set my journey off with that intention. And in the sweat lodge, my intention was just a gentle journey and hold me through this and protect Mm. my kids. And uh, you know what? (laughs) Then you had to put something in the fire. I think they had like tobacco leaves or something. And you threw it into the fire and you gave... A release like what are you trying to release sure and I asked to release all fear and mm. I didn't want to be afraid in this yeah and up until that point man my eyes would open in the middle of the night and I was by myself and I was terrified yeah. <laughs> I was scared you hear all these terrible things about chemo and surgery and whatever yeah. and I thought oh shit I gotta do this mm-hmm. sorry I'm sorry I just said that Oh, oh shoot! No, you can you can swear. I'm sorry. Uh, you're good. <laughs> no, you're good. Here I am. Okay. <laughs> no one would have noticed until you brought. I know. I I just I think okay. of those <laughs> nights and it were that yeah. it. I was scared. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, that weekend before to laugh and laugh and it reminded me that laughter's got to be a part of this journey and I yeah. had this little mantra I created of love, light, laughter. Mm. and life and i choose those four things every day love light laughter and light and i or life and i need my yeah. friends to help me laugh through some of it and sure some of it's funny yeah a lot of it's not funny yeah. but um so when i sat in there and was able to give away fear i really was able to lose the fear and right. I, and i i wasn't scared anymore i was I was okay with it and I was willing to go through it. And so that was pretty cool. And with that, that shaman, he never spoke words. It's really like a meditation. I sit on a chair Uh and he's got this huge eagle feather and he's stomping and hitting a drum and you feel it resonate like in your soul. And he's just stomping around and I'm on this chair in the middle of this amazing, beautiful place. And my eyes are closed and what 
rolled through for me was just incredible. And what I could see, I, I, I could see layers. <laughs> yeah. And I could, I could see my family really close and all my friends. And then I could see layers of, of those who had passed, who had been really important in my life and my grandparents yeah. and uh, several people came kind of personally. And then outside of those layers, there was just a sea of people. Like I didn't yeah. know them, but it's like it went on to infinity. Um, and I, I felt this enormous amount of love and support. And I knew that I was loved and supported through the infinities. I, I really felt that. Wow. And I also. It's amazing. <laughs> okay, I'm talking. This is crazy talk, but here we are, right? No, no. <laughs> Speak your truth. In the middle of this shaman healing, I have this really amazing, soulful husky dog that passed away 15, 13 years ago. I don't know. Right. Um, this great big black Siberian husky with long hair. He was like unlike any husky I'd ever seen or yeah. any dog. Right. Um, I got him when we lived in California, and I would clear the beaches. People thought it was a wolf, and it was. <laughs> People were like, "What's yeah. this?" <laughs> and he was so gentle and yeah. so kind, and so powerful and so soulful. He was honestly the most amazing energy. During my shaman healing he came and crawled up my back and he climbed over me mm -hmm. in this hug like a <laughs> yeah wow. over my back <clears throat> and his he had the brightest blue eyes and i could see his eyes and he's like i got you my dog and which animals always speak to me i'm very connected to animals yeah. so i'm like of course you do of course you're here aspen wow. of course you're here and then his hair, it, he had this long black hair, but the hair on him that I could feel and see during this healing went on <clears throat> like spikes of light to the universe. It's like God. <laughs> yeah. And, and the light went on to infinity. So I was held in this embrace by this, my dog, and my family and all these faces that were so close to me and boy that really set me in a space where i could do what i needed to do right, because yeah. i was held i was protected and i was loved in the largest energetic hug i, d I don't know how else to explain it but Man. and it comes from strangers it comes from animals animals show up they have these last few years in and afterwards, I saw the shaman, and he didn't speak any words through the whole thing. He just was drumming. Yeah, he was doing and, his thing. Yeah, yeah. and all the visual, visualization was coming through me, right? right. And so he said, uh, after, I mean, what, I, I didn't have any words. <laughs> right. And he said, wow, you got yourself a warrior. And I said, did you see my dog? And he said, you think he's a dog. He showed up as a dog in your lifetime. He said, but he's not a dog. He is a giant warrior spirit. He's got you. 
whoa. Whoa. Can you believe I just told you that story? It's very intimate. That's a very, that yeah, was, thanks. I know it's very sacred to you, I'm sure. It's sacred and but I, thank you. yeah, but powerful. And, and I was held in that hug and I still feel that. Yeah. And, you know, you shared with me, um, Bonnie was a good friend growing up, your wife, beautiful, yeah. beautiful person. Yes. And so we had the same circles and yeah. was friends with your younger brother. I er, right. So we're all connected in such a cool way. We are, yeah. So <laughs> you explained to me that you sat around the table and had talked as a family about my story. Yeah. And I mean, maybe yeah. share that for a minute because that... Yeah, well, you know, Bonnie's obviously always looked up to you and always talked highly of you. I knew you from another friend, Devin Coons. We'll give mm. him a little shout out. Um, I met you when you were really young, but we don't, anyway, so there's this connection there. Like you said, it's a really cool connection. And, and Bonnie, you know, when she heard you were going through this cancer thing and she was reading stuff you were posting and my wife loved, you know, my kids will attest. She loves reading these inspirational posts of people who have gone through some tough times. And she's mm -hmm. like, man, listen what Jill just put mm -hmm. down. You guys need to hear this. And I'll never forget. It was on a, it was a, we do Sunday dinner with the whole family. My kids are growing up and out, but they'll mm -hmm. come home on Sunday and yeah. we'll do a little Sunday dinner kind of thing. And she had shared some things of what you're going through. And it was just like this, wow, just like, you know, how can Jill feel and think this way going through something so scary and horrific mm. You know, and so anyway, it was just really inspiring and yeah. we just really connected with your story and my kids connected with it. And, you know, Bonnie, you know, props to her because she's always doing this like, hey, I'm going to read this to you. Mm. And she reads it to the family. It's awesome. Oh, she's always been yeah. such a light, <laughs> such a beautiful soul. Yeah. And you sharing that, you're, you were part of my hug. You were yeah. part, you were part of that hug yeah. and I didn't, I didn't know it. And I don't even realize it on our end either. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's how energy works. Yes. And that's how love works. And it knows no time or distance or space. You love somebody, they feel it. And so yeah. by you sitting and sharing that, that's part of what I was feeling. I, it was, I, I've never felt anything like it. And I really right. would wish it on everybody. I, I don't wish cancer on anybody. But that idea that we are that loved and supported, it, it was almost suffocating yeah. Of of what showed up energetically. And well, and that's part of it. So thank you so much oh, for being part of my prayers and part sure. of my story. And Absolutely. people would send a text and say, I prayed for you today or I mm -hmm. and and I feel that and yeah. it works. So Well you you mentioned before um the coolest thing about cancer is people show up. Mm, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> People and animals and and yeah. people who have passed and animals who have passed and like you said that experience you've had yeah. and how and again I now I you know it's just so cool you're so passionate about connection I mean it makes a lot of sense as you're talking mm. you're like how powerful all these things were for you in those moments of need mm. you know in time of need and I'll tell that to my kids hey when things are looking down open that heart yeah. and open your eyes and the gifts will show up and they are uh, usually in the form of people. And, yeah. and, and I mean, I got a text from a friend, Holly Peterson, who I was Facebook friends with that I right. don't even know. I don't know how we're Facebook friends, <laughs> and, but she had had cancer and I was in a pretty rough spell 
So I started my chemo in November and I it went for five months. And by January, I got influenza on top of it. So I had like 35 days where Jeez. I was, uh, I had a hard time moving. And yeah. <laughs> and, I, I mean, and I couldn't, my body could not recover from the influenza because I kept getting nailed with the chemo. And I'd go for a treatment. I'm like, you're not going to do that again, are you? And they're like, well, yeah. cancer's a little uh, more serious than your flu. So y- you'll do it. And then wow. they hooked me up. And But I had a night that, you know, they say the dark nights of the soul or whatever, but yeah. I really wondered if I would wake up the next day. I was Dang. so sick and, and I, I really, I, I'm just alone. And I thought, how, how will I take another breath or a step physically? I, I was so sick and I get this text at like two in the morning through messenger on Facebook. Right. And I, I didn't share a ton on Facebook. I kind of had to retreat from social media. I just had to put my head down and do my thing. Yeah. So, but occasionally it was easier to put out a blanket story or an update and, and let people know kind of where I was. Um, so she reached out and she said, Hey, you're probably about at this point in your chemo. And I just want you to know that it can feel pretty dark right now. You and, and depression can come. And you're going to wonder if you really can keep on with this, if you can really do another treatment. And, and I just want you to know that you can, and this is, this is normal and this is real. And I experienced that. I was like, who are you? Like beam in the middle of the night. And she stayed, (laughs) yeah. And she stayed with me and I texted back. Oh, how did you know? I, I am struggling. And and then I just would ask her questions and there's something about connecting with somebody who's been through it that there's this whole new empathy and this whole new compassion right. of, hey, what'd you do about this and how, and we met for lunch later and we've become friends and, and she is one example of a million of people who just showed up in perfect timing. Through that same month, I was right. so sick, I went to the doctor and could barely walk and my sister who who was so cute she stayed right with me through she did the cold caps every chemo to try to save my hair yeah sure i lost about half of it but i saved enough where people didn't look at me like oh what are you going through yeah 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 she she was amazing and she she didn't leave my side she said hey i've got this discount for lululemon let's go get you a fresh pair of you know i don't know a sweatshirt or whatever and i'm like emily I, I can't you're like, go to freaking Lululemon. <laughs> right. You're like, that's yeah. the last place I want to go. Yeah. And so <laughs> anyway, I thought I'm out and I'm barely out and I'm barely making it. So uh-huh. we walked in and we took a loop around the store and I just crawled right into the dressing room and curled up on the bench and yeah. I couldn't move. And yeah. she and this cute girl started helping her and She's like, what is it? Your birthday? You're getting a new outfit? Blah, blah, blah. And Emily put her arm around me and said, this is my sister. And she is doing hard things. And she's in the middle of chemo. And I'm so proud of her that I would like to treat her to a sweatshirt or something. Mm-hmm. And and this girl felt the love between Emily right. and I. Yeah. And um, she could see in my eyes I, I wasn't well, but she could see the love and compassion in Emily's and that was pretty cool we we went yeah, to check out way cool. and I don't even know this girl and she pulls up this cute pair of tights that she says hey you need a pair of these and these are on me I said what are you talking about they're yeah. on you 
And she started crying and she said, I feel you today. And this was powerful and you've changed my life and inspired me. I wasn't trying to do anything. I was crawling in on a bench. I was just, you know, but that day it was Emily and it was her love for me. And she felt that and, and she said, thank you. So thank, thank you for inspiring this day and for making me, you know, gratitude. It's all perspective. For sure. And she gave me a pair of, of, of tights and I the tights were darling but that were connection wow wasn't yeah, that powerful the and, connection and, yeah and I know you talk a lot also about how love heals I mean yeah. just and just that act of kindness towards mm. you and how it made you feel oh, it's powerful I mean you know you can honestly even say that starts to heal the cells in our bodies and our absolutely I mean just that feeling and everything and so what a what a neat experience. Yeah, over and over. That happened over and over. And wow. and yeah, I'd go up on the trail. My yeah. friend Susie Covey was a dear friend and you know, we used to run the trail and she slowed it right down to a walk and I when I could, I would get out and walk and I was slow and I'd have to stop and take breaks and she was patient with me and but being on the trail was so healing and I had a hawk show up. And he stayed with me and he still shows up. He was there right. just the other day. And yeah. and to remind me, he would circle around me. And I would look up and say, hi, I see you. Uh, and I honor you. And you look up the sparrow hawk and the meaning. And it is higher perspective. He's up there and he sees the higher perspective. And so often we're down here in, you know, the mud yeah. and these little mm-hmm. pieces of life. And we think we there's how are we going to get through this next little piece? And he's up there and he sees the whole picture and yeah. says, Hey, wow. there's a higher perspective. Sure. It's okay. You take another step. You got this. And wow. there's a bigger purpose for you. Yeah. And, and so yeah, animals showed up and friends and my own animals just, that's amazing. Yeah. It's wow. it's actually, it's, it's, <laughs> I wouldn't change a single thing about my life and mm-hmm. I am so grateful for cancer to be honest I'm okay and oh, wow. it's rearranged some things yeah. for <laughs> sure yeah well and I love that you say that because I really believe life happens for us mm. not to us and even though it was a difficult dark time for you at yeah. times but as I'm hearing you talk all the blessings and the things that have come from and the connection and the energy and the love that you have felt from so many different things in, in this beautiful world that we live in. Yeah. I'm just blown away. It's beautiful. And my kids too. I mean, they, you know, I can't, yeah, I can't get through this without talking about the most amazing individuals. Sarah, Noah and Gavin are just, and it was hard on them. And it's interesting to get to this point to where, you know, my, I'm looking healthier and my right. hair's growing back and I'm back to work. And, and so I think now they feel safety and that, okay, maybe mom's not going to leave right. us forever. And you don't have to worry yeah. as much anymore. Like, yeah. Right. And so they're feeling more confident with me. And some of the stories from how they were processing are kind of showing up. And again, I don't ever wish pain on anybody or want to cause pain on yeah. anybody. And my, sickness did it that was hard for them to watch and um again towards the end of the chemo i got really sick and noah or gavin um was my youngest and 
he had a day off of school or something and he wanted to go to lunch and during chemo I couldn't really eat everything yeah. turns to metal tasting you can't yeah you can't e- so eat you food a, it's yeah. weird yeah. um you could eat avocado and oranges or uh, but I couldn't eat much it was yeah. it's just a strange thing and I said dude I will take you to lunch <laughs> but knowing that's all I got right in that day sure so I laid there on the couch and I said yeah I'll I'll do that I said okay well if we're going to lunch then I better go grab a shower and right. you know whatever and uh-huh. he stood up with me and he hugged me and he said hey mom you you are fighting really hard and I see you fighting mm. really hard and you're not just fighting for your life but you're doing it for us and I really need you so thank you for fighting so hard for me well that would just melt your yeah, heart right melt oh he wow. will melt you and we embraced <laughs> and I yeah. I mean I look at those three kids and my parents there's purpose I mean yeah. what else is there what and of course exactly. I'm going to do what I need to do and wow. um it's interesting because he's had some hard things too mm-hmm. and um so he last I thought this I can I don't even know where to begin on this part but when you are going through these treatments or hard times the present moment really is all you got yeah because if I were to think out a full 5 months of chemo I couldn't do it. Right. But I could take each treatment one at a time and say, okay, day one, I know what to expect. And day two, it's going to get a little harder. And day Mm -hmm. five, I'm going to be face down. But by day seven, (laughs) I might show up again. So I just kind of know what to expect. But I had to take it that, you know, little piece at a time. So I thought, okay, get through chemo. And soon after that, I had my mastectomy. And, um, and then came more surgeries and radiation and then more surgeries. It kind of kept going. I think if someone were to have sat me down on day one and say, hey, here's what you're going to do and here's what you should expect. Yeah. I don't know that I could have done it. I don't right. know that I... Yeah, that makes that sense. That would have been hard to sure. take all of that. But each 100%. piece came in its own time. And each yeah. piece came in a way where I could just handle that. Um you talked before about, I'll get back to the piece of Gavin, because I want to share that story. Yeah, it was please. pretty cool. He's been through some surgeries, and yeah. t- they all have, my heavens. We had seven surgeries this last <laughs> year. I was so happy wow. to see 2020. Yeah, wow. ACLs and shoulders. <laughs> oh, my gosh, my stuff. Um, anyway, you talked about love heals everything. Mm-hmm. There's also a really important part about loving yourself will yeah. heal everything, too. Yeah. And there's some parts of my body that are easy to not appreciate or to be mad at or whatever. But, um, if you can flip something to gratitude, it, it really does change everything. And I had, I had a couple of times where my body spoke to me one. So in that chemo, my blood, my hematocrit came down lower and lower with each treatment. And I was never able to fully recover, but I, before I was right. knocked down again. So I think you start at 45 and by treatment five, I was, I was at 26 or seven and that's like your red blood cells. And so the chemo is killing everything. Right. Yeah, and right. so, um, I got to where like I could hardly get to the bathroom without wanting to pass out. I just had no blood. And, and my surgeon said, well, I can't do um, your mastectomy until you're at least at a 35. 
Mm. Well, I went in for my last treatment and I was at a 26 and I'm like, I know I'm going to go down. And the transfusion level was 26 or 25 or maybe I was at a 27. I can't remember the exact numbers now, but I was really close and I knew I was going to take another hit. And by day 10, I was going to be at a low. So sure enough, I go into the doctor and I was right there needing a transfusion. And he said, okay, but we're at day 10. Your body can do this. Let's see what your body can do. So he tested my blood every day. And in about three or four days, it came up 0.2. And to see it moving up versus down, he said, okay, your your body's going to do this. We're not going to do a transfusion. So Mm. um, then it was like crucial that my body makes more blood. And I had a couple of weeks and I met the surgeon and I had gotten to a 27 and my my oncologist said typically you'll raise your level a point a week and so my surgeon was like Jill you have three weeks to go from a 27 to a 35 and I I can't do the surgery it's not safe to do the surgery without that much blood and I said I will do it you just watch and I (laughs) would get in my bathtub um, water is a real energy mover for me and that's yeah. why I would meditate and sure. say my prayers and whatever and I would talk to my heart and I would talk to my blood and I would visualize them and Archangel Raphael pouring into my crown green mm-hmm. healing light and this little army of blood just like the troops marching on and making more and making more and I would visualize that and I would thank it mm-hmm. thank you for making so much blood oh you're I feel you you're making it thank you and I would think it as if it were happening and talk to it as if it were happening. And then I was, I mean, I already was in vegan and I was juicing every day and beet juice and celery juice. And, and I was wheatgrassing, you know, a couple times a day, every single day, whatever I could to build that iron, build that blood. And, and then these meditations, these intense meditations. And I just spoke to my heart. I held my heart. You got this. And, and, um, and it was taking a pounding. It had I had my port that goes into my chest. A tube goes up my neck, and then straight down that tube, dumped right into that vena cava, that big mm-hmm. heart. And that's right where that chemo would just dump right into that, and it would take it. And so I just thanked it over and over. And then I had the feeling to open my blinds. So I, and this is like April, and so it's spring. Yeah. And I have this beautiful hibiscus bush just outside my window and I look out and it's trying to push a bud and there's some green and some growth on this dormant bush of sticks and another sign I said yeah Yeah. there is growth there will be growth and I feel like my cancer was a time to crawl into a cocoon and I kept saying I will emerge a butterfly and you thought you liked me as a caterpillar? Watch out. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> so I was in this That's cocoon awesome. and just like yeah. that little bud trying to push out, it just reminded me that it I can grow. I can do this. Yeah. I will grow again. And and it did. Day of surgery I was at a thirty five. Wow. And it usually appointed a yeah. point a week. And I went from twenty seven to thirty five and I that was my body. Wow. Thank you. Man. You know, it I I'm- it's no, powerful. I love this. I got, <laughs> I got to, if you, if you wouldn't mind, if I can share a quote. Yeah. Because what you said reminded me of this quote when you said, I was thanking it, thanking it before it even happened. Mm. 
And it reminds me of a quote by Neil Donald Walsh. And he says, expressing thankfulness in advance is the way of all masters. So don't wait for a thing to happen and then give thanks. Give thanks before it happens and watch energy swirl. Oh, I need that. That is so And so as you're saying that. Yes, that's it. The art of visualization is so powerful. I mean, there's a reason why Olympic athletes use this as part of their training. Yeah. Because it works. It It truly does. So as I'm hearing you say, I mean, I got chills Mm. right now as you were sharing that. It's like, it's amazing. And that you were just like, no, I thank you for doing your part. Yeah. And you were thanking it. Before it happened, I I, I don't know. Oh, it's just so beautiful. Oh, I love that quote. I anyway. love it. I need to write that down. Yeah, I had another time, um, the Herceptin treatments, the one that was targeting her too. I had seventeen infusions. So, wow. um, the chemo, I had four drugs that were those first five months, mm-hmm. and then the those stopped, and that was the part that was really wiping out the blood cells. Then the Herceptin that worked as an antibody went on until the next November, so the full year, and. Yeah. Um, but it's really hard on your heart. So they would do EKGs every couple months to check my ejection fraction. And at six months, halfway between, halfway to the halfway point of the halfway, Herceptin yeah. treatments, um, my my ejection fraction of my heart dropped from 60 to 51. And that was a dangerous drop, nine points. And so my oncologist said, I can't, you can't do Herceptin yeah. again because they worry about congenitive heart failure too. So Jeez. I'm like, dang, we want to fight the cancer, but I right. kind of like my heart too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of like the heart. It needs to be working for me. You so know? I skipped a treatment <laughs> yeah. and again, I hopped in the bath and I started talking to my heart and I held it and I said, you are doing so much. You're working so hard. You're taking these drugs and thank you. Thank you for healing. Thank you for making blood. Thank you for being so strong. And I I held it and I said, thank you for speaking to me. I promise I will listen. I will continue to listen. So you talk to me. The doctors can tell me things and the tests can tell me things, but my body knows all. So I said to my heart, talk to me. I'll listen because now you're speaking up. And so I had this beautiful meditation and I was getting out of the tub and I had this distinct impression again to go back into the water and to put my head under. And I mm. thought, I haven't done that since I was a little girl, right? <laughs> right. I mean, how weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Blow bubbles. Yeah. And stuff. Right. Bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> but I was standing there and I I had to honor that. I'm like, okay, yeah. whatever. That's so cool. I got back in the tub and I laid my head under and put my ears under. And what did I hear? My heart. It was like it was echoing and it was just just this strong. And of course, the tears, I start bawling and it was talking to me. And it it said to me, I'm strong. I can do this. Wow. And and here I am talking and I just cried and I held my heart and I said, there you are. I hear you. Keep talking. And my heart continues to guide me. And that's how that's that it navigates through this journey and it's always right and so it it kicked back up by the next time and it stayed strong and i was able to to finish the full year of treatment and and i continue to think it it's pretty cool how bodies speak and but you have to speak to it you have to love it you have to 
you have to connect with it. Yeah. Again, back to your connection and how you love connecting so much and yeah. why it means so much to you. Yeah. Because what you did there in that moment is you connected with your heart. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's so beautiful. What better? Yeah. I mean, and like you said, we don't take enough time to do these things. Yeah. We need to do these things, man. Yeah. It's And it's powerful when we do it. Yeah. You know, um, your story is amazing. You're amazing. Seriously. Um, I, I want to ask you a question. If, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people listening to this, a lot of people who are struggling with all kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. What's maybe some advice you could give someone who's struggling right now that's hearing your story? They're obviously going to be inspired by it, but some advice that they can kind of, you know, maybe find their way or find some, you know, maybe they're in that dark moment, like yeah. when that friend reached out to you at two in the morning yeah, and kind of guided you a little bit. Uh, what could you maybe say to them right now that, would help I them. think um, one, your body always knows. Love it, honor it, um, and gratitude. Gratitude changes everything, and yeah. um, and that. it, that's all just perspective. Gratitude is simply your thoughts and perspective. Gavin had last year. So okay, I'll share this one more story. And you can cut me off whenever you need to. But I had the radiation destroyed my tissue. They had put an implant in and the radiation destroyed the skin. And it was not to be a part of my body, which I never wanted it anyway. So again, my body spoke and said, yep, we're done with that. And it tried (laughs) to like, we're done. It tried to exit. It wasn't a healthy thing. So I finished radiation in september of 2018 and by january i could tell things were failing and so i went to my surgeon dr hajawi brilliant beautiful person and and he said we got to do a deep flap and a deep flap is where they cut your belly side to side take football shape they cut all the skin the stuff up at the top Mm -hmm. i'd already had the mastectomy but the skin had to go okay and the nipples and everything and so then they literally take my stomach from and and transfer that tissue and then they hook up all of the arteries and vessels and now i have blood flow and i basically my breasts are my belly i have belly boobs (laughs) (laughs) there you go folks (laughs) there you are i'm giving you all of it but um i was in the hospital almost a week um with ultrasounding wanting to see blood flow it was a it was like a microvascular surgery where they're hooking up all these little things. It's amazing. Amazing. It is amazing. Amazing, amazing. And so they had to create Jeez. a new belly button and right. you know, it came in as a heart. Of course it did. I'm like, hello. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I got a how, heart how could it not? Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, I did that in March and it was a really, really, it was the hardest, obviously, of the surgeries. My son hurt his shoulder in July, had to have a surgery, extremely painful, Gavin. Eight weeks later, his is a six month recovery. Eight weeks later, on a whim, picks up a golf club, takes a swing, rips his shoulder back out. He was devastated. We both were. We both just cried like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? This has got to happen again. And, and so I take him into the surgeon and we do an MRI and, and they, I'm waiting for the call to see what, what's going to happen. And he's at school. He's texting me, mom, have you heard from the surgeon? Have you heard from the surgeon? And I get the call from the surgeon. I text Gavin back. But it's a full tear again. You've got the same surgery. They're going to do it again. Expect what we did two right, months ago. Right. We're going to do it again. And it's on September 12th, which was my, I had another follow-up surgery, a phase two to that deep flap. Oh, so man. we were both on for that day. 
And he texted me, Mom, I'm not doing very well. I'm having yeah. a complete breakdown. I hopped in my car. I went to the school. He came out. He crawled in my car. He was pale. He was shaking. He was um, and, and just freaking out and nauseated. And I said, Gavin, what's your strongest emotion right now? What are you feeling? He said, I am so mad at myself. I said, wow, you're mad at yourself. I said, that's pretty interesting because when I see somebody hurt, I don't think of anger. I don't, I'm not mad at them. I love them. I want to hug them. I have compassion and empathy and I see you and I love you. I said, but it's got to start with you. What if you didn't have that emotion towards yourself? What if you weren't mad? What if instead you loved yourself? What if you looked with gratitude and compassion on your own body and you looked at your shoulder and said, I'm sorry, you've got to do this again. This is going to be hard, but I'm going to hold you through it. So what if you gave yourself a great big Gavin hug that everybody loves? Uh, Give it to yourself. I said, Gavin, I get it. Because after that deep flap, I looked in the mirror and (laughs) cried. I was devastated. And I looked at my body with disgust. I thought, how can anybody love that? How am I going to love that? I had, I still have scars all over. And I said, I get it because I looked at myself and I was mad at my body. Sure. And I said, but as soon as I could flip that and say, oh gosh, you've been through a lot. Let me hold you. And I do that often. I hold myself. I say, I got you. What if I said, Hey, you, it took a lot to give up a part of your body for another part. You gave yourself up. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for being willing. Mm-hmm. And so that word, thank you and love and to give that to yourself changes everything. Wow. And Gavin was That's able beautiful. to make a shift. He says, I get it, mom. I get it. And I'm going to love myself through this. I said, we got each other. And we did. We had surgery on the same day and, and. We took care of each other back and forth yeah, and helped each other through it. And yeah. Wow. So what, that's, that's what I would, that was the no, long version. No. I'm sorry. I keep throwing don't in stories. Sorry. No, <laughs> don't ever say sorry. This uh, is, this is exactly what we want to hear and need to hear. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. And what a great, you know, for us as parents to, to be able to relay something so powerful to a struggling kid. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times we don't know what to say, you know, and they just, oh, sorry, you know. But to say what you said, man, I just got chills as you mm. say that. It's powerful. And he got it too. So I was yeah. so grateful I had been through some things because then I could, he had seen that and now he could do that same thing in his life. And yeah. I hope and pray that my kids can take these challenges and hold on to them and yeah. have gratitude for sure for yeah. our family being exactly the way it is and yeah. for Jeremy and for me and yep. and our this part of the journey and cancer, the whole thing. I hope people can pick gratitude because sure. yeah, in that the healing happens yeah. too. That's beautiful, Jill. You're amazing. Thank you for just everything, man. You are a light and an energy. Mm. You really are. <laughs> I wish people would be sitting here with me right now to feel this, but uh, you know, if someone wanted to reach out to you, learn more about you, uh, ask you questions about your story, they might be going through cancer themselves and, they might have a question to help them through it. And obviously, you know, to, you know about your, you know, your school, your Create Bliss Art School. Yeah. What would be the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, I would love to hear from anybody because 
people showed up for me in such a beautiful way. If I can yeah. give back just the slightest a bit, um, I, I would. Yeah. So my I've got a website that's my art school, Create Bliss Art School, and on that you'll find my email and you'll find my phone and, right. and you know there's a you can send messages through that. So that's beautiful. probably the best way. Is best way. Okay. All my contact information is. Under createblissartschool.com. <laughs> there you com, go. There you go. <laughs> Come create with me. Come create. It's good stuff. Wow. I honestly could talk to you for f- three or four hours, and mm. you're amazing. I Thanks for being vulnerable. I know you shared some very sacred things today, and, and really, but it's our benefit to hear this. And so thank you for sharing a, you know, a portion of your life with us. Mm. And, and uh, listeners, I mean, wow. Are you kidding me? This is amazing. Well, thank, so you, thank you for you, the Jill. opportunity. There's... There's a lot of different ways to live your life, and I don't claim to have all the answers by any means. And, you know, religion and spirituality and truths, they're all different for everybody. But, um, yeah, I i honor a lot of different ways, and love yeah, is sure. always the answer. And so if yeah. someone says, what do you believe in? Easy. That's It's love. It's love. And that, it, it is synonymous with God and source and yeah. us. So. Yeah, yeah, I heard once uh, reading out of the book "The Purpose Driven Life." There was a sentence in there that said, "God doesn't have love; God, God is, love. is love." I hear, oh, I and, feel it, and, and yeah. we're love, and so when we they're synonymous. So when we connect with love by giving it away mm-hmm. to ourselves or to someone else, we're connecting with, you know, God or our higher power, higher or the source, universe, yeah. that energy. Yeah. So anyway, that. You, yeah. d- you're just so insightful and so <laughs> I just love the way you live your life. Thank you. And as I'm listening to your story, it inspires me to want to be better. And I know our listeners are going to feel the same way. So well, what an thank opportunity. you. Thank you for taking the time. <laughs> this is wonderful. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for having me and thank you for being you. What you're yeah. doing is thank powerful. You. Change in the world. Well, I appreciate it. Well, there you go, listeners. There's Jill Kessler and her amazing story. Please reach out to her and, you know, ask her anything. She's obviously very open and, and she loves to spread love. So, you know, reach out to her for sure. And uh, thank you listeners once again for all your support. This is just a, I just blows my mind. I get to sit across from amazing people who do their amazing stories. So, love all of you guys. Love you, Jill. Thank you for your time.